Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We are going to turn to Daniel, and um, in fact, it'll it'll be up here on the screen in just a second. Daniel chapter six, and we're going to read verses one to three. And this is our final part today on accountability. And um, I know it's a word that we don't of, you know, often get excited about, but it's a very powerful word. And it's something that, that absolutely determines the, the success of our lives. Here it says in Daniel chapter 6, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom... Daniel was one. Now you got to understand, this guy was in exile. He'd been, you know, he was sort of in prison at one point. He was part of a whole group of people that were taken out of Israel, out in order to brainwash them into thinking like the world thought. That's what happened. And yet, here we are just halfway through the book, the sixth chapter of Daniel, and already he's been put in authority. That the satraps might give account to them, which includes Daniel, in order that the king would suffer no loss. See, the king staked everything on the role of Daniel to get it right. I believe the whole world needs to be relying on the church for the world to get it right. Hello? It says, then this, this man, Daniel, he distinguished himself above the other governors and the satraps. It says, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Father God, we thank you for your word today and we are hungry, Lord, to hear your voice. Thank you for a hearing heart. Thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear. We thank you, Lord God, that as you reveal your word in us, our lives are transformed as our minds are renewed. So Father, we lay hold of your word today. With everything in us, we declare we are hungry for truth. And Father, we commit ahead of time right now to be those who do your word and not just hear it only. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. This says, for Daniel distinguished himself. He distinguished himself. Self. Let that ring in your heart today. He distinguished himself. Why? Because there was an excellent spirit within him. Today I want to talk about accountable for excellence. Accountable for excellence. See, Daniel lived an excellent life. He lived an excellent life life. He grew to be the best he could be. 
And I don't believe there's any ceiling on that. I don't believe that God just says, well, that's all you can ever be and put you in a box. No, if you fill the box, he'll give you a bigger box. Come on, you with me today? If you fill your box, he'll give you a bigger box. If you hit the ceiling, he'll raise the ceiling. Aren't you glad that God doesn't ever hold you accountable for a gift he doesn't give you? Let that sink in today. Aren't you glad that God does not hold you accountable for a gift he's not given you? Isn't that good news? I'm so glad I don't have to try to be like you and then I'm, I'm sort of assessed on, on that. See, I'm accountable for what God gives me. I'm accountable for that. I'm accountable for the gift that God gives me. I'm accountable for the, the strengths that I have. I'm accountable for the personality I have. I'm accountable for the, the call I have. I'm accountable for that. I'm not accountable for yours. You're accountable for yours. And you're not accountable for mine. I'm accountable for mine. But we are accountable for growing our ability to the best we can be with what we've got so far from God. You see, as I've said, if we fill the box, God will give us a bigger box. But he didn't start by giving us a big box. He didn't start by giving everybody five talents. He starts with two. And perhaps, you know, traditionally, some people think, well, you know, I've been given two talents. Well, I'm a two-talent person. That's what I am. I'm a two-talent person. I'm a two-talent mechanic. I'm a two-talent preacher. I'm a two-talent husband. I'm a two-talent developer. I'm a two-talent school teacher. That's it. That's the lot God has given me. No, that may be what you've got right now. That may be what you've got right now, but that's not where you're going. You may be a two-talent person today, but depending on what you do with the two talents, he's going to determine, you see, God's got a pile of talents over here that he wants to distribute. He wants to give out. And he's saying, how you use your two, look, I'm going to give you another two. Now you've got four. What are you going to do with the four? I know we, you know, I talked about this last Sunday about the parable of the talents. And we talked about that accountability brings trust, brings power, brings freedom. But you see, Daniel was this man of excellence. He didn't just say, well, that's my lot in life. That's all I'm ever going to be. The Bible says he distinguished himself with what he had, so God gave him more. He dis- In fact, the Bible actually says he was 10 times better than everybody else. There was something in the spirit of Daniel that meant he was going to excel. Have you ever been, have you ever, ever been told this? You have so much potential. Has anybody ever said that to you? That's great when you're 15, isn't it? It's great. You got so much potential. Yeah, you got so much. And they go, oh yeah, yeah, 
yeah, they're still at school. They haven't, they haven't quite started shaving yet. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've got so much potential. It's great when you're 15. It's a bit frustrating when you're 40. You've got so much potential. Yeah, I'm 40 years old now. I thought I would have discovered it by now. It's really quite bad news at 50. <laughs> Somebody comes up to you and says, and you're 50, and says, you've got so much potential. You say, oh, flipping egg. When you're 65... To be told you got so much potential is just, come on, let's face it, guys, it's downright depressing. You want to punch them on the nose. Potential? 65? I'm looking at retiring. Potential? See, potential's a great thing the younger you are. The older you get, I don't want potential, I want fruit. I don't want potential anymore. Not that I'm anywhere near 65, but I'm certainly way over the 50 mark. I don't want to be told that I've got potential. Hello? Yeah. It's fine when you're younger. It's bad news when you're older. You see, there's so much unfulfilled potential. So much unfulfilled potential in the body of Christ. And it's not because God has not done his part. It's because we've not turned two into four. Yeah. Well, I can see the tumbleweed. Can you see it? It's because we've, we've seen ourselves as just a two-talent person or a one-talent person. Or you've even seen yourself as a five-talent person. See, that was the starting point for these guys. The five went to 10. And we don't hear the rest of the story. The rest of the story is now I'm a ruler over much. So that didn't stay at 10. It went to a hundred, it went to a thousand because God's the God of increase. You see, we are accountable for the excellence of our lives. We are accountable to bear the fruit that is not set by God, it's unlimited. God doesn't put a ceiling on your life. What are we accountable for? Well, we, we're accountable to increase our ability. We're accountable to grow. We're accountable to grow our lives. The Bible says a lot about growing. We're accountable to grow. I cannot point the finger and say it's their fault that I didn't grow. We're accountable to learn, to be hungry for knowledge 
I don't mean worldly knowledge. Actually, the Bible really says in the end times, people will know so much it will kill them. That's what's going on. We know everything. We shouldn't know half the stuff we know. It's just being nosy. We shouldn't know half the stuff because we don't have the ability to make a judgment on it. Hello? See, I don't want to know loads about what's going on in the economy right now because I haven't got the ability. I'm not an economist. So I'm just going to believe whatever I'm told. Hello? Just saying. We judge everything now from our place of ignorance. Oh, come on, guys. This is, this is life-changing. We're accountable for the excellence of our lives. We, we are accountable to grow. We're accountable to learn. We're accountable to excel. To have the desire for more than enough. You stick around Citygate Church for very long and you know, someone's going to tell you that they're going to believe with you for your abundance. Because we're going to stand for you with that. We don't put up with poverty. We don't put up with sickness. We don't put up with depression. We don't put up with despair. We don't put up with failure. We don't, I'm not talking about having to go at the person, but no, come on, enough's enough. Devil, back off. Come on, we're... We're going to take back everything the enemy has stolen. But I'm accountable to excel in my life. I can't point point the finger and say, I didn't succeed because. We're accountable to be Christ-like. When I stand before God, I'm accountable for the image of God in me. And how much that affected my flesh or didn't affect my flesh. I hope you're getting something out of this. This is my introduction. We're accountable to fit together. And actually the accountable part is how do I fit with you? Not how do you change to fit with me? That'll help marriages right there. We're accountable for what we have. Okay, so people would ask the question, well then, who am I accountable to? And I know I've talked about accountability in the last couple of weeks. We're accountable first to God. We're accountable to the church. We're accountable to others. We're accountable to the law. But this whole thing of accountability hasn't got anything to do with some hierarchical sort of a structure where you've got to sign a bit of paper that says, I'm accountable. How many of you know you can be accountable on a piece of paper and completely rebellious in your heart? You see, when somebody starts saying, well, okay, so, so, you know, who do I need to be accountable to then? Well, really, that's the wrong question. If I need to be told... I don't quite have the right understanding of accountability in my life. If I have to be told who I'm accountable to, then I'm depending on a system. Come on, you with me today? I'm depending on a system, on a structure that's imposed on me. See, the question should really be, and I love Daniel, and I'm not really speaking on Daniel today, but, but he, had, he has this amazing, amazing attitude. 
You see, the question I should really ask myself is this. Do I have an accountable attitude? Have I got it? Do you remember last week I said some people get it and just some people don't? Am I an accountable person? Not just where do I need to be accountable to because that's what I'm being told to do and whatever. No. Is this in me? Have I got an attitude? Can I say a desire to be accountable? I'm so glad that so many people in the Bible did, but especially Daniel. You see, if I do have an accountable attitude, I won't have to be told. I will be actively looking for people. I'll be trying to find a coach, not being told I have to have one. I'll be trying to find a mentor. I'll be trying to find somebody that can speak into my life. I'll be trying to find somebody. I won't just be doing life all on my own and thinking I'm going to be a success. I'm going to be actively finding people that I can be accountable to. Not because I'm told to, not because it's a structure, not because that's what we do in Citygate Church. No, it's because it's the most healthy way to live in order to be excellent, in order to distinguish myself and to be put in authority. You can get a coach. You can get better. You can get a mentor. You can learn. I heard somebody say this the other day and I thought I'd throw it in here. You rarely win a battle in isolation. I wish I could claim that as one of my statements. If I say it 10 times, I can say, as I've always said, you rarely win a battle in isolation. You rarely win a battle in isolation and yet so many people fight isolated. I need others to lift me up. I need others to challenge the areas that I don't care about. (laughs) To point out my blind spots, to cheer me on when I'm tiring, to encourage me when the battle is raging, to confront me when I'm doing the wrong thing. Now, all of those aspects that I've just said are something that the Holy Spirit does in me. But you know what? So many people are so flipping super spiritual, they go and dig a hole in the ground or hide in some hut somewhere and say, the Holy Spirit's going to teach me and train me. And that's all they want. No, God's put you in a body. And God works through people. God works through people. Yes, the Holy Spirit confronts us, but he often does it through somebody else. Yes, the Holy Spirit encourages, it, encourages us, but he often does it through someone else. Now, if there's no one there, he'll do it anyway. But not if you isolate yourself. Isolation is deadly. Accountability is excellence. So I'm just going to ask some questions as we sort of start to close. What do I need to know? What do I need to know? Here we are, we've done three weeks on accountability. We understand we're accountable to God. We're to be conformed to the image of Christ. We are accountable to the church. We're accountable to our family. We're accountable to other people. We're accountable to the law. But what do I really need to know? Can we just get really gritty with this and really practical and just really just say it as it is today? Is that okay? Number one, what am I not seeing? 
What am I not seeing? See, Galatians, and um, now I got these verses wrong, so you're going to have to help me here. I think it's Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, says this, My brothers, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, can we say sin? You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. <coughs> Excuse me. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. I love Paul. I think he's great. He just says it as it, as it is, doesn't he? If you think you're something and you're not, you're deceiving yourself. Today, I'm not going to be really heavy with that. I'm just going to call it blind spot. Everybody say, blind spot. Look at someone say, you've got a blind spot. Okay. See, nobody wants to talk about their blind spots. Nobody wants to talk about them. But you see, blind spots are things I can't see them. I need someone to point them out. Now, I know some of you are going to say, oh, but the Holy Spirit will talk to me. But yeah, often when he does, you go, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> no, that's not me. That's the flesh talking to me. I'm not like that. And it's God going, hello, it's you. <laughs> See, when we're left to our own devices, we will never face our blind spots because we can't see them. And we justify them when the Holy Ghost brings them up. We need somebody else. We need somebody else to say, that's a blind spot in your life. Now, this says Galatians 6, do it in all gentleness. Don't come up and call someone an idiot. Yeah? Yeah? What about this one? You know, again in this, what am I not seeing? What about this? Where am I trying to use an incorrect plumb line? What do I mean by that? I'm using a plumb line that's the wrong plumb line. God wants there to be a different plumb line in my life. Especially today, everyone's trying to be like the world. Everyone's trying to do relationships like the world. Everyone's trying to do finances like the world. Everyone's trying to do uh, well-being like the world. No, we need to use the right plumb line. And sometimes we need other people to come in because I'm not seeing it. I'm saying, well, that's my plumb line. That's what I'm trying to be like. And somebody needs to sometimes come in and say, well, you know what? Perhaps you need to think about this. Perhaps you need to think about that. Perhaps you're comparing yourself to the wrong thing. What am I not seeing? We need other people to help us to understand what we're not seeing. What's the second thing today? What is holding me back? What is holding me back? Proverbs chapter four. Dear friend, I love this. This is from one, uh, I can't remember which version, but it was a good one. Um, Dear friends, take my advice. See, this is somebody speaking into someone's life. Dear friend, take my advice. It'll add years to your life. 
Anybody want to add years to your life? Good ones? I'm writing out clear instructions to Wisdom Way. I'm drawing a map to Righteous Road. I don't want you ending up in blind alleys or to waste time making wrong turns. Hold tight to good advice. Don't relax your grip, guard it well. Your life is at stake. I mean, how much stronger can I put it? If you don't listen to other people, your life's at stake. Perhaps not your, your years of your life, perhaps sometimes even that's the case. But the excellence of your life is at stake. You want to stay a two-talent person? I know I don't. I don't want to stay a five-talent person. I don't want to stay a 10-talent person. I need to be listening to other people's advice. What is holding me back? Have you ever played that game? I can remember the last time I played it, I said, I'm never doing this again. It was like you have these big sort of soft, soft alleyways and you've got a piece of elastic tied to your back. Piece of elastic, it's like a spring. It's like, have you ever done that? And you've got all this soft padding on because you know you're going to crash. And you've got to run. I can't remember if you've got to hit something or, or, or get something. And you've got to run. And this bit of elastic, you get about halfway and it starts pulling you back. And you're trying to run. And then it pulls you back. You know, there are things in your life that are going to do that. They'll just keep pulling you back. You try to run and you get so far and then you think, well, that's my lot in life. No, you need to deal with the elastic. You need to deal with it. That it doesn't pull you back anymore. What sort of things pull us back? Oh, there's, there's so many things that, that will just hold us back from the spirit of excellence being released in our lives. And we can find all the answers in accountability, having other people speak into our lives. One thing, ignorance will hold us back. What I don't know, I'm not going to live in. It's very quiet in this room today. What about mistakes that I keep making? See, if we made them once, fine. Because we're learning and we're growing. But it's the ones we just keep making. Some people just keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like, no, you need somebody to help you with that. Is that all right? You need somebody to help you with that. What else? keeps holding us back. Ah, this is a huge one. If I could do another week, it would be around this sort of thing. Pride. Everybody say pride. Pride. Come on now, let's say it again. Pride. I'm too proud to be teachable. I'm too proud to ask for help. I'm too proud to admit I've made a mistake. I'm too proud. They might think less of me because I've made this mistake. Pride gets everywhere. Pride gets everywhere. Come on, nudge someone. Say, he's talking to you this morning. He's talking to you. He's not talking to me. Some of you enjoyed that too much. (laughs) Pride. Too proud to be teachable. I'll do it myself. 
don't need anybody else. Well, you'll crash and burn with that attitude. You'll stay as a two-talent person and then when you're 65, people will still be saying, you got so much potential. <laughs> Hello? What else can hold us back? Our beliefs, incorrect beliefs. We believe in the wrong thing. That can hold us back. Have you ever had somebody help you in those areas? You know what? You believe in something that's not in line with God's word. And I'm not just talking about a doctrine, but we believe things about ourselves. We believe things about our ability. We believe things about what God can do in us and through us. We believe all sorts of stuff. And a lot of it doesn't line up with God's word. That's why we need to renew our mind. I need other people to help me with what I'm believing and where I need to believe better. I'm not talking about things of faith necessarily. I'm just talking about core beliefs in my life. I'll never amount to anything. That won't work. It didn't work before. It won't work again. I'm just that sort of a person. I can never, all those sorts of beliefs. And don't tell me you haven't got any. Because I'll, I'll come and, and stick around with you and find out that you are Mr. or Mrs. Perfect and uh, get what you've got and rub it off on me. No, come on, guys. We believe some real junk sometimes. The enemy comes in and he puts in a thought and we believe it. We need other people to help us with our beliefs. What about this one? What can hold us back? Average can hold us back. Average, that'll do mentality. I don't want a that'll do mentality. I don't want to live a that'll do life. I don't want a that'll do marriage. Hello? People need to help you with that. Oh, that'll do. No, come on, somebody needs to pull up that expectation of excellence. There's more. There's more available. What about this? Things that hold us back. Avoiding confrontation. Oh, here we go. Did you have to bring that one up? Avoiding confrontation in myself or from other people or towards other people. Now, yeah, some people confront too quickly. The first thing, bang, they do, well, I'm just speaking the truth in love. <laughs> well, go and do it somewhere else, please. We don't need that. But other people confront too slowly and allow a situation to just go round and round and round and develop and fester. We need people to confront our Our mindsets. We need people to confront our preconceptions. We need people to confront our, um, our prejudice. We need people to confront our bias. We need people to speak into our lives. You see, this is why Daniel, if you read the life of Daniel, he was accountable. He was accountable to God, but to other people. He had three great friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Number three, what changes do I need to make? What changes do I need to make? I love the first chapter of Joshua. 
verses six to nine, I think it is. Be strong and of good courage for to this people. You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all that is according to the law um, for the sake of time. You'll prosper wherever you go. Uh, Verse eight, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You'll think on it. You'll speak it to yourself day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid or dismayed. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Can I say change takes courage? Change takes courage. To act on this word today is going to take some courage. But it's the only way you're going to inherit your land. It's the only way that you're going to excel. It's the only way you'll become a five talent, 10 talent, 50 um, talent person and not stick with the one or the two talents. Once you've got it, it becomes a lifestyle and that's it. I mean, uh, this is what I get. I, I love this stuff. Talk to me. Speak into my life. What do I need? You see, change. To walk with somebody through change. Is an awesome privilege to help somebody become a distinguished, excellent, spirited person. What an awesome privilege. What things need to change? Well, perhaps we need someone to say, actually, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to stop doing? Some people, have you ever found, you know, I'm just, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I hate that expression. Oh, Pastor Jay, I know you're busy. No. I know you're busy. I know you're busy. Busy. What a horrible little word. I'm glad it's only got four letters. It's a horrible little word. Busy, 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 busy. That really speaks to me of a life of nothing. Busy. Busy, busy, busy. Full would be a better word. I've got a full life. See, full speaks to me of I'm doing the right things and I'm not doing the wrong things. But people can be busy doing a load of rubbish. They're busy because they spend four hours on Facebook. And then they wonder why they ain't got time to do the ironing, Sharon. Oh, so no, I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that, my darling. <laughs> I ironed my shirt this morning. Very well. (sighs) Busy people. Well, perhaps somebody needs to tell you to stop doing some stuff. Can I say this this morning? Stop doing that. You're wasting your time. But I like it. Well, stay two talents then. Stay two talents. But if I want to be a five talent, if I want to be excellent in my life, then I need to understand that pride is going to keep me doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing, don't want to do. And humility is going to say, okay, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. I mean, sometimes it can be just outright sin. Can I use that word on a Sunday morning? Sin? Somebody sometimes needs to tell you, stop doing that. That's just wrong. It's just wrong. 
Oh, well, I'll wait till the Holy Spirit tells me. He just did. He just did. He sent a prophet to stop sinning. What about where am I wasting time? Other people can see it more than we can in our own lives. That's a waste of time. And what about this? Where do I need to strengthen the good things? Big Ben's chiming. <laughs> number four, number five, we go home. Number four, where other people can tell me this, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to grow? Again, I'm coming back to this stuff. What do I need to learn? Some people need to tell you, what do I need to learn? I have people speaking to my life and their phone calls and Zoom calls. And, um, and they say things like this to me, you need to read this book. Now, that's a huge challenge to me. But after preaching for 30 years, I've got three books upstairs now on how to preach. Because otherwise, I'm just sitting back and will remain a two-talent person. Hello? Don't care how long you've done it. Where do I need to grow? What do I need to Learn. Where do I need more experience? Where do I need a coach? Where do I need to grow? See, if we're not having these conversations, we're just going to stay two talent people. And finally today, what do I do now? What do I do now? As we finish this accountability thing, What do I do now? Well, Ephesians 4 says this, He himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, scheming, but speaking the truth in love to one another. We may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. We've all got some work to do which causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. What do I do now? What do I do now? What do you do now? What do we do now? Well, we need to get it. We need to get it. We are better when we are accountable. We need to take our pride to the cross. I don't need others. You see, people can say, you know, somebody, oh yeah, but I need to really trust someone to open up. You've been saying that for 20 years. You've been saying that for 10 years. Time to trust someone. And if you can't find anyone to trust, then go and talk to one of your small group leaders or to somebody who is trustworthy. See, perhaps it's just you've got a trust issue. Oh, come on. There's a lot of trustworthy people about. Perhaps you found the one or two that weren't, so now you shut it down. Take pride to the cross. 
we need to volunteer to get someone into our life. Yep, Lord, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. And then this is great. We can look forward to greater fruit in our lives. That's what we can do. We can look forward to greater fruit. And we can look forward to where I can serve somebody else to help create a spirit of excellence in them. Do you get anything out of that today? Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? Father God, we thank You today that as we see the incredible Godhead that we serve, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we see accountability within the Godhead. And yet we see abundant life with no limit, no restriction. And Father, we thank You, Lord, that there is a spirit of excellence that You've put on the inside of each one of us. And Father, we wanna grow, we wanna learn, we wanna be everything You've called us to be. So Father, we put our hand up and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I think we should respond to this, actually. If you're up for this, come on. Why don't you put your hand up? Abraham said, I've raised my hand. If you're up for being accountable, this is not some form to fill in, but saying, yeah, Lord, I need this. I need this. God, I'm going to put aside my pride. I'm up for this. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to seek people. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to I'm going to be vulnerable to the opinions, the godly opinions of others. To help me see the blind spots in life, to help me see the areas that I'm not seeing, to help me grow where I need to grow. Lord, we want to be people who distinguish ourselves with that spirit of excellence. And Father, right now, we thank You, Lord, for doing a work in us in this place and setting a new way, a new direction in our lives. We lay hold of it in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. And now, right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to ask you the most important question. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Jesus is Lord. We heard it earlier in the worship. Every knee's going to bow, every tongue confess. Jesus is Lord. But is He your Lord? There's only one way to spend eternity in heaven with Creator God. And that is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Be washed, we would say, like in the Bible, be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. It means He comes in and removes all the sin, the shame, the guilt, the selfishness, all the failure out of our lives. And He puts in a brand new spirit on the inside for you to be everything God has called you to be. It's called being born again. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, today's your day. You're not here by accident. This is an open door into eternal life. Perhaps you said to me, yeah, Pastor Jay, yeah, I've, I, I have given my life to God, but you know what? I'm not living it. I don't live the Christian life. I may attend church, or, but I'm not excited for God. I'm not passionate for God. I'm not in love with my Saviour. And I need that to all be stirred up again. If that's you here today, either one of those to respond to Jesus for the first time or to give your life back to God, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold, but it's really important because you're you're deciding in the presence of God. And if you're here today and say, yeah, Pastor Jay, I'm going to make a decision today. 
I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Either for the very first time or to give your life back to God. Is there anybody here? Hold your hand up high so I can see. Wonderful. God bless you. Wonderful. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Come on, there's people responding here today. Is there anybody else? God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, don't leave this place without without saying, Jesus, come on into my life. Be my Lord and my Saviour. Is there anybody else last time as I look around? Let's all pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me. You've demonstrated Your love by sending Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to give me life. I receive You, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived, apart from You. And by the help of Your grace and Your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate this morning. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful.